207. Two hundred twenty seven.
Well, good evening to each of you. Glad to see the presence of each one. And I guess for various reasons, a lot of the Pike people couldn't be here tonight, but we're glad a, a bunch of the rest of you came to help swell the crowd and make the singing go better. I've enjoyed the singing so far. I um, noticed this morning in Evan's message, he referred to the question of why did Jesus come to earth? And I guess my mind had kind of been going that direction as I thought about this. We sang about some reasons already here this evening. And you may have your own answer that you would give to that. You would probably have a lot of different answers and they would all be correct. But it's really a complicated enough answer to that that we have a whole book written about it, but yet it can be given in a concise enough answer that Jesus himself answered that very question a number of different times in different ways, and uh, particularly in the Gospel of John. And I'd like to just look at a a handful of references from the book of John, Uh, beginning with a very common or well-known verses of John, John 3, 16 and 17. We have, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So in the beginning, we have a world that is hopelessly spiraling out of control. There's no, no hope outside of whatever provision God could give us. But it says that God loved the world. That's why he sent Jesus. And he sent him that we could be saved. Another reason we find that Jesus came in uh, John 4.34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And along with that, the same, same idea in John 6.38, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. So we see Jesus was very focused in his earthly ministry on doing what the Father wanted. Um, what, what was the will of the Father? Well, we already saw that the, the Father's will was that the world would be saved, but we also see in John 6:40 along that line, and this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So again, God desires each one of us to believe, to experience that everlasting life. And then we also have in John 9, 4, Jesus says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. So Jesus was very focused again on what the Father wanted in in carrying out that work. That That was his utmost priority. Another reason we find is for judgment. In John 9, 39, Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. So he clarifies that a little bit. It seems like a paradox, but you see in various times throughout Jesus' ministry that that played out, where those that 
apparently, you know, in, in their own self-righteous state, appeared that they had it together. The Pharisees, the, those that, the, the rich young ruler, they had their life in order. They had, they had it together. And in that state, they were blinded to the light that Jesus had. And then we see the other side where we have you know, the, the needy people, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery. We have Zacchaeus, people that saw their needs, saw that they were in a hopeless situation. They were able to see that light. Another reason is that they might have life. John 10.10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And also that, that we would have light. John 12.46, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. We don't have to wonder about groping for not knowing what we're groping for if we recognize our need recognize that without him we are nothing and see see our need of him and truly seek after that light that light is available it's there and it's his desire that we utilize that light and the last one i have here we find um in the account of Jesus before Pilate in John 18, 37, the reason is that I should bear witness unto the truth. So Pilate, um, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So here, before Pilate, we know Pilate asked the question, what is truth? I think Pilate in, it was in a search of his own, but unfortunately, he was in a position of, of high pressure from the mob, and in spite of whatever truth he may have recognized there, he allowed the, that pressure to overcome his decision. But Jesus made it clear that he was he was here to bear witness of the truth. He has made truth available to each one of us and there is no doubt in our minds if we've accepted, if we accept that light that he gives us that we know what truth is. So as we consider these reasons, you know, over this Christmas season, we, we reflect every year on Jesus coming, but what, what effect does that have on us? How, how do we respond? If we consider what is our purpose here, what, what has he called us to, I think we could say that each one of these things is something that Jesus carried out as an example of what he wants us to do. As he is the vine, we are the branches. We are to be plugged into him and receiving that truth, that life, that light is to be flowing from him through us to those around us. So as we again reflect on God's love to us the way he loved the world he loved each one of us enough that he sent his only son are we loving him as is, is, is our love for him what it should be let's stand together for prayer I'd like to ask brother Robert Mallow would you lead us
Heavenly Father, we bow before you here this evening. We thank you that we can be gathered here to worship you in song and in uh, praising you for the, in the songs we sing. And we thank you too for what Jesus was willing to do for us. And that as it is stated in the scripture that he came down from above, he gave up the things of glory to come to this earth to be able to give himself as a sacrifice for us so that, Father, we can be redeemed back to you and be called your children. We thank you for that. And I just pray, Father, that as we go through this week and the days ahead, that we can be reminded of these things as we are reminded of the birth of Jesus and what it means for each one of us. We just pray your blessing upon the service here this evening as we worship you in this way. May you receive honor and glory for it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
next song we have three soloists. The three soloists, just so you don't have to try to figure out who they are during the song, is Mary, a shepherd, and a wise man. Kind of telling the story of Jesus at his birth, maybe two years later, who knows when they were actually there. But it's the story of those three people and their experience with the Christ child.
Coventry Carol is a 16th century uh, part of a play, really. A long history to it that you should look up sometime. It's great. Uh, the idea and the setting of the song is when Herod sent his soldiers to kill all the boys two years old and younger. So this is kind of the morning. Song number 220. Oh, 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 
231, Hymns of the Church, Star of the East, and then I'll take a number of selections depending on the time. Star of the East, O Bethlehem Star, 231. Let's <clears throat> omit the refrain after the verse, first verse and sing it after the second, and then we'll also also do the optional ending at that point. Star of the
holy night. Let's sing the first and last verse. No me, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error binding, till he appeared and the soul felt its
Outside of the Christmas section, but it's a song that still fits that Ruth requested earlier. 423. Ruth Schrock, I should clarify that. Oh. 423. Son of God, eternal Savior. Let's sing verse 1 in unison.
I think there will be one more song, but I'll let Dallas explain that. Before we get to the song, um, I wasn't sure how to totally close it out with doing it this way, but I think I'll just mention the refreshments now. Everyone is welcome afterwards to go to the basement. There's plenty of refreshments uh, for everyone. Um, now, we the weekend of worship had sang a song that most everybody knows pretty decent to some extent. And we thought we would sing that at the end, but invite all of you all up who really like to sing the Hallelujah Chorus. So it's number 1,000 in the songbook, the hymns of the church. And all of you all that would like to sing, don't be too proud or too unproud to come up. If you like to sing it, come on up here and we're going to sing it. Mm-hmm. 